on this week's episode of Resi Week, we talk about marketing to millennials and how one top integrator has created a custom econ site just for them. Then we talk about Snap AV and the SureCall signal boosters, how they can help you bring not only a new vertical to your business, but better sell reception to your clients. And last but not least, we talk about Sharp saying, no, you can't have any panels, to Samsung as they cut off the supply of LCD panels to the big boy in TV retailing. All this and more on ResiWeek. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Resi Week episode 46 Millennial Marketing. This is Resi Week. This episode of Resi Week brought to you by Chief. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And today I'm pleased to be joined by. Jason Knott. He's the editor of CE Pro. How are you, Jason? I'm great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. Then we have my good friend, Andrea Medeiros. She is the director of content for Tech Home. How are you? Thanks for having us. We're doing great. Thanks. Thanks for coming back. And last but not least, I've got my partner in crime, Tim Albright. He's the founder of avnation.tv. Timmy, how are you? I'm cold. How are you? I'm cold too. I'm wearing like four layers and flannel, which Tim tells me is back because that's where I get my fashion advice from Tim. So on that note, <laughs> you poor thing. <laughs> I know. On that note, let's jump right in. This comes to us from CE Pro. A top integrator is targeting millennials with new content with an e-commerce biz site for home technology. Uh, This is kind of in the flavor of Blue Apron, Warbly Parker, uh, et cetera. Audio Advice, who is an integrator, uh, a top level leading integrator, mind you, in North Carolina, has created a new uh, e-com site that is supposed to be tailored to helping millennials specifically. Uh, understand where they are when they're when they're shopping for home technologies and, and consumer technologies, and really tailor to them with a shopping experience that they're looking for. Uh, Jason, this obviously came from from your site. Is this something that you know? Obviously, it's fairly new for them. They they just launched it, but they also invested. If I'm reading this properly, they invested close to seven figures, if not seven figures, in developing uh, this site. Is this an approach that they've found is working effectively for them? Well, this is, to me, a really significant development. You know, we've talked about how do custom home integrators reach millennials? (laughs) And kind of the consensus out there is millennials really don't want to install all of this stuff themselves. They want somebody to do it for them. Uh, they're, they're tech dependent, not necessarily tech savvy, so to speak, if you want to stereotype the whole, the whole group. Um, but they hate 
the sales process. The sales process of having an integrator come in their home and uh, sit down and look them face to face. We know they're, they're digitally oriented individuals is just abhorrent to them. So we've been starting to see some of these, um, some of these uh, business models crop up and primarily amongst newbie integrators where we've seen some guys who have created these, uh, you know, on-demand economy type of websites that allow a millennial or whomever to find what they want, click a button, order it just like they're doing it on Amazon and have somebody show up at their door and install it. That's what they want. So the significant part about this audio advice uh, maneuver that, that Julie wrote about is this is one of the first times we're seeing a uh, CE Pro 100 level integration company do this. A significant integrator who is very successful in the, the Raleigh and, and throughout North Carolina market who already has a well-established brand name amongst their customer base now turn and it, it's not, uh, you know, this isn't what they're putting their, all their eggs in one basket into, but they are now turning to this type of a business model. So I, I think this is uh, a significant type of investment to see a bigger company do versus some of these smaller companies. Very good. Andrea, you know, you and I have talked multiple times. We've been on some panels and stuff uh, talking about how to sell to millennials. How, I don't want to say how imperative is it that integrators market specifically to millennials, but how much effort should they be putting into tailoring specific marketing for them? So, you know, you know, market to different groups essentially. Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, something similar to this uh, in an integration firm in the DC area called Sight and Sound Systems, but they were first using this type of technique toward builders. Um, and we actually just had an event for builders and most of the topics are catered toward lifestyle packaging and how you're gonna make sure that the technology appeals to millennials. That's all they're talking about. Um, Jason and I were just at the Total Tech Summit as well uh, with CE Pro and that's the buzz. How do we deal with these millennials? How do we deal with this generation? Uh, voice control has been a huge topic for that. But as far as marketing goes, we've seen a lot of lifestyle packaging being talked about. And then also, uh, this is a great idea, uh, but we've also seen a lot with virtual reality and augmented reality when showing off the technology uh, to the millennial generation. We've seen a lot of that as, as well. Uh, and that was the huge topic, a very successful topic among luxury builders in particular at our recent event uh, for builders. Tim, as dealers are, are looking at millennials as specifically their own vertical, if you will, they obviously don't, not every integrator is going to have seven figures to throw into a custom developed site such as this, but how much of this can they generate just creating relevant content, original content, and, you know, again, answering questions that millennials are, are going to see net, and as we've talked, you know, multiple times on this show, they're not always accurate um, sites like that. How important is it for integrators to really drive information towards their customers? Well, I think it's important regardless of the generation. Um, I understand the, the draw. Uh, the millennial generation is the, it's, it's either the biggest or the second biggest generation alive right now. 
uh, depending on which number you you look at. Some people say it's bigger than the boomers. Some people say it's slightly less. It's a it's a large group of folks to to target to. Now, um, we were kind of joking off the air, and I, I've watched and, and and read a bunch of stuff. Don't call them millennials. I'm sorry. Don't <laughs> don't pander to them. Don't tell them they're lazy, self-centered, <laughs> and all that jazz. Um, so but, don't put that in their marketing materials. In the marketing material. But, but here's the okay. thing. Just it's, check it. Uh, for for you two millennials that are on here, uh, it, it's it's something you do have to understand that you you are part of a generation. Jason and I are Gen Xers. We're the small we're, we're the we're the small ones here. Um, and, and you guys are in a time in your life where your your disposable income. Uh, compared to, um, and and your 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 willingness to, to part with that disposable income, is greater than it is the 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 older you get, and that's just a marketing one one. So the the target market and the the sweet spot for folks, and and, and the reason that they look at either eighteen to thirty four year olds or or twenty to, to thirty four year olds, is because marketing throughout history has told us that this is where you you where you grab folks to for a lifetime worth of, of, of commitment, a lifetime worth of, worth of brand loyalty. That's why there are so many articles written. Yes, some of them are, are negative, and yes, there's some of them that are a little bit, uh, um, eh, you know, not exactly flattering to the generation, but they were, they were written about Gen Xers and they were written about baby boomers, you know, when, when they were in the same time of life, right? This is where the me generation of the 1980s, that's, that was roughly when the, the, the boomers were where you guys are now. Um, <laughs> So targeting them makes a whole lot of sense. Being interactive with them makes even more sense, right? I, I applaud them for, for, for laying down seven figures. Um, be interested to see what their return on that is. What's even more important, not just to millennials, but to any clientele right now, is being responsive, answering their questions when they need it answered. Right, that's one of the biggest uses of, of social media in general, but your website, yeah, you know, some folks have chat windows and, and chat availability. Others, uh, making sure that you answer email in a timely manner. This is just being responsive, and honestly, it comes down to being really good at customer service and servicing your customers where they live and and, and where their need is. I think customer service is the right word, right? Because what this really means is that this generation, as far as what I've seen, is they don't want to feel like they're being sold to. So you have to sell to them without being a salesperson or have a sales process that's prominent. They want to feel like it's customer service when you're talking about technology, not so much that you're trying to sell them that technology or sell them the home. No. Add a couple other quick points if I could. Yeah. So if I'm an integrator and I see what audio advice is done and I don't have seven figures to put on a website, what am I going to do? So there are these, uh, this proliferation of uh, referral sites we're starting to see BuzzTech, HomeTech, UmTech, Home Advisors, where integrators can sign up and be subcontractors and let their their Google SEO drive the customers to them and uh, start the installation process through them versus having to put all that investment into their own uh, individual site. The other thing is on your own individual site, you got to be very careful about what brands you're offering up there for sale because. Uh, brands like Nest and, um, and those sorts of brands, they have to protect BestBuy.com and Amazon.com. They won't allow a small guy to go out there and just start selling Nest 
thermostats for uh, the same price point. You're going to see them on Amazon or BestBuy.com. But what we're seeing is some integrators are actually able, you could put that up on your site with an install price. So it's not the MSRP for the equipment, but it's a price point that's clickable um, with uh, installation. And then my last point is, and I was curious to see that Audio Advice did this under their own brand name because one of the dilemmas that we saw happen in the 1990s with security companies when you used to sell security systems for eight to 10,000 bucks and then Brinks came along with the mass market system and all of a sudden, how could you turn to a customer that spent eight or 10 grand with you on a residential security system and then a year later offer it up for $399? Um, it's, a, it's difficult to deal with your, your past customers when you make a move like this. I was surprised a little bit to see Audio Advice do this under their same brand name because one of the things we saw security companies do was create a secondary brand in order to go this route. Well, one thing I wanted to, to touch on that you brought up was how do integrators deal with vendor pushback on stuff like this? Because obviously, you know, Nest and, and companies like that, they're protecting the big guys that they have massive contracts with. But I can think of a, a number of companies that we represent, my, my personal company, that does not allow us to sell or offer anything price-wise online. How do you go about reaching millennials at, at times when they want to you know, have that online shopping experience when your vendors are actively prohibiting you from doing that? Yeah, I think the solution is what I mentioned. You know, some of the other companies I've seen is you're able to offer it up on your website with a price, a packaged price that's the equipment plus installation. So it's still attractive. As Andrea says, it's bypassing that sales process that they hate. Uh, it's still on demand. They're clicking it, but it's on demand of not just buying the equipment. It's on demand of, of, um, of getting, buying the equipment and it having it installed. And from what I understand from talking to integrators who've done that, most of the vendors are okay with that. It's just, they don't want you out there competing on a straight MSRP price for the equipment with these big boys that they play with. Very good. Let's, uh, let's move on to an article that comes to us from Residential Systems. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Snap AV, we've talked about Snap, it seems, almost every show recently, uh, they are now offering the SureCall signal boosters. Now, if you don't know who SureCall is, SureCall is a company that has products that allow you to boost your cell phone signal, your uh, 4G LTE and 3G signals throughout your home, throughout your business, et cetera. Uh, and what, what SnapAV is now offering is a specific home residential line uh, where other manufacturers are, are usually more commercially focused. As you can see here, uh, they've got a couple different products, but specifically ones that are designed to provide coverage for essentially you know, 2,000 square feet up to about 4,000 square feet before you get into their more robust commercial type uh, products. Andrea, is, is this a just a another vertical that integrators can look at, or is this really becoming a, a market that people have to consider when they're going into their 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 you know building process or the renovation process? 
Yeah, I definitely think so. A lot of these types of technologies, uh, high volume builders are really interested in right now uh, to offer something to their clients, right? Uh, it used to be the structured wiring packages that you would see. Uh, we're seeing a lot of push for wireless access points, future-proofing the home, just giving the clients the opportunity to install tech aftermarket. Uh, that's what we're seeing on the builder side of things. Um, some of the most popular trends we've been seeing on the builder end is infrastructure uh, and really being interested in that type of technology to prepare the home for whatever the consumers might be demanding. Um, and for high volume, this is what they're really focused on right now, this type of technology. Very good. Tim, is this something that, you know, it's not as sexy as surround sound or, or you know, all, all the normal things that integrators deal with, but is this something that as networks continue to get more and more clogged down and, and not, not traditional Wi-Fi networks, but, you know, so, mobile networks, yeah. Is this something that really is being overlooked currently? It, it's, it, it, I, I think it is. I mean, I, I, the first article I ever read uh, about it actually was Jason wrote it um, about this as, as being a, another revenue stream for folks. Um, it, it depends on, on the structure, right? And, and I am not a, a structural engineer by any stretch of the imagination, but my basic understanding, and, and back when, when I was a tech manager, um, we had certain buildings that were all concrete, right? And we were um, actively looking for a solution like this. Now, it was a commercial installation, and so this one probably wouldn't have fit the bill. But it was an entire concrete, right? If you're looking to extend the, the cell coverage down into a basement or an area where the client always, quote, unquote, always loses their cell coverage or they go, it goes down to one bar or what have you, why not be the technical um, expert. Um, I'll, I'll go back to what our, our good friend Rich Fragosa says. He's not a, an AV integrator. He's not. A he is a digital concierge, right? He it, it, that, that is his moniker. You are the technical expert for your client. This is an area where you know it, it's a problem that a number of folks have, and it's a solution that you can offer them pretty painlessly. Jason, are we going to? see this type of application be something that becomes synonymous with, you know, your standard lifestyle package, as, as Andrea mentioned, where you're going to supply, you know, TV and, and video, you're going to supply some form of audio, you're going to supply voice control and networking, and then you're going to supply mobile, you know, boosting. Short answers. Yeah. I mean, the, the net, you mentioned it, the networks are getting clogged. Um, I think the cellular network is going to become the quote-unquote next utility. Uh, homes are being built much more energy efficient than they ever have been. So the building envelope is so tight that that's what makes it hard to get a cell signal out. Um, there was cameras at CES last year that were completely bypassing the network uh, to be cellular-based uh, cameras only. So um, remote transmission of camera images via the cell signal. And the beauty of this product category is the easiest product demo that any integrator will ever do. They have these remote kits. You can walk up, you walk into the home, you plug it in, you turn it on. People look at their phone. They see their phone bars go all the way to five. And then 
uh, they get all excited about it, and then you unplug it and leave the house, and they're like, "Wait a second, you're leaving?" With that? <laughs> what about? It's they call it the soft sell. It's the That's easiest evil. soft sell. And there's your sex appeal right there, right? Because you're selling the lifestyle of what it can offer, not the actual object. And sure calls kind of earn their chops in the commercial space, to your point. And this is, they're really making a strong effort to uh, get into the residential space. And kind of a bigger picture of this, this offering, we all know what's going on with Snap AV. They had that private equity investment back in 2013. Uh, they're on a buying spree of companies uh, because when you have private equity investment, it's all about growth, growth, growth. So the fact, I'm very excited that they added this category and the bottom line is for integrators, it's a win, win, win all the way across the board. Well, and something real quick that Jason, that I don't mean to take over Matt, but real quickly that, that you mentioned, they made their chops in commercial. My show. Yeah, I know. They made their chops in commercial. <laughs> so not for nothing. There are some products out there that have risen up through, uh, you know, a buddy trying to help a buddy out and, and, and you know, whether or not it, it's, it's the greatest quality in the world. Th this stuff is, has lived and breathed inside some pretty, pretty intense uh, environments. Uh, so it, it's something that you, you, if you can, if you can put it on the, on the roof next to the, you know, a giant, you know, uh, 10 ton chiller, you could probably put it in somebody's, in somebody's house. Well, and that's always the big thing is when you look at residential products that, just as you said, come out of commercial environments, they're notoriously better. You look at, you know, voice control and, and pretty much every major advancement in home technology, even down to just basic networking. We're using layer two and layer three switches in homes now. We're running, you know, switches that are capable of running multicast and all this other stuff that really came out of full commercial environments and that's how you know that they'll stand up to the day-to-day -day, you know now heavy use in, in residential spaces so it's very good to see let's move on to our last article real quick um, before we run out of time this comes to us from strategy.com and our good friend ted green samsung is <laughs> in a little bit of trouble uh, it seems sharp has terminated their agreement to supply Samsung with LCD panels. Uh, as you glance through the article, you will see that uh, the news outlets in Japan have kind of exploded a little bit uh, as this news dropped that uh, Sharp will only complete a shipment of uh, somewhere around 2 million units to Samsung, and then they will stop supplying them. They were on record to, uh, supply at least 5 million units to, to them most likely this year uh, in 2017, but negotiations broke down uh, with Foxconn and Sharp, and now Samsung is up a creek without a paddle. Uh, what, is this, what does this mean, Jason, for the, the TV industry in, in general? Um, it, it's tough to sell, say, because I, if I, I don't know if this is a you know Trump level negotiating tactics being done by both companies where somebody's trying to push somebody to the. the <laughs> uh, it's we a really huge don't deal. know. We really don't know um, if it's one just threatening to the other in order to get a better deal and 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 all that kind of stuff. But it would just be uh, devastating to the integration community if 
the flow of TV somehow gets cut off because what happens to the custom integration community, and you guys know this, is the high volume retail gets the first dibs and the custom integration company is usually, uh, custom integration world is secondary. And uh, when there's a limited supply, the retailers get the first shot and the and, uh, installers get, uh, get the leftovers. And we've gone through this before where they've been a shortage of, of uh, sets getting to uh, the integration community and it's a real, real turnoff for them, especially now that there's momentum with 4K and HDR and everything. Well, now let's be clear though, if any integrators are, are hedging their bets on being able to sell flat panels, they're probably a couple years behind as far as market planning. Um, Andrea, with the possibility um, as you read through the article, you'll see that there's a possibility that Samsung can obtain panels from their arch rival uh, LG if they are able to, you know, whether whether they renegotiate with Sharp, whether they go to LG, it really doesn't matter as far as who's supplying them. But if negotiations go up and they end up with higher prices on their supplies, we're not going to see continued, you know displays pricing going down forecasting out is this something where you're expecting to see panel prices continue to rise just based off this uh i feel like it's pretty hard to tell at this point i can tell you reading this information from a builder perspective um is a big problem because the biggest problem on getting technology to translate over to builders is they have a lot of trust issues. <laughs> so, <No. laughs> yes. so this doesn't bode well for that aspect of it, whether it goes either way. Um, but that's really all I can determine at this point as far as the builder perspective goes, because there's so many unknowns. Tim, do you see, do you see this as strictly a, 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 the sky is falling? And, you know, Samsung is going to come into February of 2017 with nary a, a TV display to ship because they don't have any panels. Because um, let's not forget, Samsung has their own factory that actually manufactures panels. It, it's not like they can't go to someone other than Sharp or LG. There's quite a few companies that manufacture. Just those are the big boys. Is this more a sky is falling or is this just another bump in the road to uh, displays? It's a bump. Um, and it's for the first part of this is it looks very much that like Terry Gow and the folks at Xbox kind of trying to recover uh, and solidify themselves as a legitimate manufacturer since they bought Sharp. It, I, I agree with Jason. It, it's very much a, a, a power play uh, move reminiscent of, of American business, whether it's Trump or, or, Garden, or Gordon Gecko or whoever you want to you put in there. Um, but it, it, what it's going to do, it's going to cause Sharp to, or Samsung rather, to look around the landscape. Um, let's be honest. We all get in ruts, right? We all do what we've always done because we've always done it. So it gives Samsung the opportunity to look around and see who else is on the landscape, who can help them out, who can supply it. Let's not be be coy here. Samsung is one of the biggest manufacturers of, uh, or you know, marketing companies and, and sellers of displays. Whether or not they actually physically make the the panel is is irrelevant, but they sell a lot of panels. Mm -hmm. So somebody's going to come along and say, "Hey, dude, I 
I can help you out. You know, let's, let's, let's move some things around or, you know what, I'll, I'm going to kick, you know, X, Y, Z brand out of my factory and I'm going to make Samsung's now because, you know, first of all, there's a, there's a bit of a cachet there with that. And, and you would expect that Samsung would be willing to pay a slight premium at, at this point because they're, they, they seem to be a, in a little bit of a tight spot. Very good. I think we're going to wrap right there. So thank you all for joining us. Jason, where can people connect with you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jason W. Knott, and you can, uh, of course, uh, follow all the news on CEPro.com. Very good. Thanks again for being here. Andrea, where can people connect with you? Sure. If they want to connect with me or learn more about builders, they can go to techhomebuilder.com. They can check us out on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn also under Tech Home Builder. And if you want to reach to me personally, I'm Andrea A. Medeiros on Twitter as well. Very good. Tim, thanks for, for joining us and only kind of taking over my show. Um, only one question. One question was one question too many. Where can, where can people Merry find Christmas, you? Mr. Scott. Merry Christmas God to you. bless us, everyone. <laughs> where can people find me? Uh, Twitter uh, or, or our website. Twitter is TD, Tim David Albright uh, on the Twitters. And at this point, uh, I'm looking forward to 2019 when the Bears no longer has have the current uh, uh, quarterback. Ownership? Hey, no, same ownership, just different quarterback. Barkley looked good. And he's got incredibly white teeth. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful episode of Resi Week. Uh, for myself, if you want to follow me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows that call, cover all of our other verticals. And when you do stop by our website, please check out our underwriters. They support us and we're very thankful for it. We uh, ask you to support them. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of Resi Week. <laughs>